You are listening to the Big Tree Mind podcast with Lana Lottos. On today's episode, Emerson Farquharson speaks about the body and the mind and how the body and the mind support each other. If you're like me, you've been asked in your life at some point, whether it's with a therapist or a friend, rather than the story that you're telling me, what is your body saying? This conversation has something to do with the way that we listen and what parts of ourselves do we listen and follow. It is the first episode that sparked this whole season around presence. Emerson is a friend, he's an ally, he's a co-producer, and this project is a result of our work together. So I am so happy to introduce you to Emerson, and I hope that you get some insight about yourself and about how you interpret this connection between the body and the mind. Hi, Emerson. Thank you so much for being here with me today. We've had some interesting conversations over the years about our practice, and I am wondering how do you view this relationship between the body and the mind? Hi, Lana. Nice to hear from you again, and um, nice to be here. Nice to be on your podcast, and you know, thank you for uh, inviting me. Let me just uh, think about your question for just a second and see about um, about different ways that I can that I can answer it. So let me just repeat it just so that I have it in my head. How do I feel about the relationship between body and mind? So the first thing that I that that I'm thinking about the first thing that comes to me really is that I really like uh, the word, I really like the word relationship when um, dealing with these two things about body and mind. So the reason I like it is that it implies that there is like a symbiotic, you know, connection, some kind of help that each gives each other, you know, the word relationship implies that they are both helping each other. And um, I like that because I, I personally feel that um, that body and mind are, let's just say, two different parts of yourself or two different aspects of yourself. Everybody has body and mind, and they do work together. And um, I feel that there can be this idea of an antagonistic relationship between, as if it's... Um, you know, one is working against the other or, or whatever. And, and I think that it can be true. And I think that in fact, it often is true. And I have experienced it myself to be true. What I'm talking about is this idea of, um, you know, mind over body or, or body over mind, you know, like, you know, just pushing through any feelings that you have, or just, um, you know, getting, I don't know, um, there can be this idea of an antagonistic relationship, but, uh, I also believe that it can be complementary, you know, that they can be different and different parts of yourself and they can both be very vital and necessary and essentially almost appreciative, right, of each other. And so it implies to me that they are both different, which I believe they are. And because of them being different, they can both help each other. They can both be helped 
by each other. And that feels really kind of relieving for me. It feels really reassuring um, because for me, that's a new thing. The idea that body and mind are not fighting each other is relatively a new idea, a new way of looking at it for me. So that's the biggest thing for me. The biggest thing for me is approaching the idea from a question of like, how do they help each other, you know? And and there are ways, I believe this is true maybe of all, all relationships. So with body-mind, I'm sure that there are ways that they're actually kind of maybe fighting in a, in a way or maybe competing or have a, maybe a little bit of an antagonistic kind of uh, competition kind of uh, relationship maybe. Then the question becomes like, how can these ways be noticed and be changed, you know, in order to return to this kind of symbiotic um, relationship of, of help, where each appreciates the other and each knows that the other is important and inevitable and vital, and that their differences can actually be complementary, and that each can help the other. And that feels really uh, like home, I guess, for me. It's new. It's a new. It's a new thought for me. It's just a new way of looking at it, and I really like it. That's so, you know, beautifully said, and it gives me the sense that something has happened for you where you had some sort of learning or some realization that there has been some change in the way that you function. Can you tell us a little bit about what has changed for you? Yeah. So. I don't have the full answer right now, but what's coming up is, um, so for me personally, and I don't know how this is going to connect, but I have been reading like, I don't know how many times, but let's just say around 10 times I've been listening to the Tao Te Ching, um, this one translation by Stephen Mitchell. And for me, the Tao Te Ching is, is a little bit intentionally it doesn't really make a lot of sense for to the mind i guess and i don't think it's really necessarily supposed to and so it's really refreshing for me because i am definitely coming from this kind of like place where i feel very very comfortable and practiced in um speaking and using and understanding things from like a mind perspective and because I'm so comfortable in that, for whatever reason, I find body perspective to be really, really interesting And because it's new. It's quite new for me. For me, the Tao Te Ching, for whatever reason, has a, has a non-antagonistic perspective about, you know, um, duality, really. It kind of almost you know, the, the, like the two sides of the, of the same coin kind of thing, right? It, um, for me, that book has allowed me to see things in a way where everything is very whole and not separate and antagonistic and fighting and how separation and antagonism and fighting are this, are just these like kind of unwhole ways of, of being, and um, 
And so it's a little bit about seeing beyond, you know, this way or that way, you know? Um, so I might have a better answer maybe like a month from now or whatever. So I might, you know, come back to this question and be able to have a more fluid answer, really. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting that you're you're talking about something that goes beyond um, being in the body or being in your mind or, um, you know, sometimes when the word mind is used, people associate it with intellect, but obviously it's beyond intellect or beyond being in your head. And I think it speaks a little bit to being in real time, which is um, being in time with nature, with sunsets, with birds, with time of the day, with nature. And I think that the Tao, Tao teaching really speaks to um, operating in a different kind of operating system, which is a more intuitive, embodied, interconnected system. And I think that it does go beyond the mind and the body, but it, it plugs into really the pulse of the earth and our connection to the earth and to the, to the universe, which is which is why um, it changes you, really. Any sort of teaching that I've had where I've felt connected to the earth uh, has been profound for me. Nature, Nature teaches you. You don't even need to do anything, but it shows you something. And so thank you for sharing so far. I think this is a really sweet sort of beginning to think about um, the direction and... I just want to thank you for your time and for this conversation. I find it really helpful. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for, you know, for asking those questions and for giving me this time. Looking back at this recording, I wanted to add a little bit more context. I wanted to read a couple different passages from the Tao Te Ching, ones that have influenced me have influenced how I see things, how I see this relationship between body and mind. The master keeps her mind always at one with the Tao. That is what gives her her radiance. The Tao is ungraspable. How can her mind be at one with it? because she doesn't cling to ideas. The Tao is dark and unfathomable. How can it make her radiant? Because she lets it. Since before time and space were, the Tao is. It is beyond is and is not. How do I know this is true? I look inside myself and see. This is an excerpt of chapter two. Being and non-being create each other. Difficult and easy support each other. Long and short define each other. High and low depend on each other. Before and after follow each other. Therefore the master acts 
without doing anything, and teaches without saying anything. Things arise, and she lets them come. Things disappear, and she lets them go. She has, but she doesn't possess. Acts, but doesn't expect. When her work is done, she forgets it. That is why it lasts forever. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you haven't already, please feel free to check out my current offerings at BigTreeMind.com and my psychotherapy practice information at LanaLantos.com. 